welcome to Saltier Politics. Julie, this week we're bringing back the clapback. You know, uh, we've talked about doing this for a while, but I got to say, this week really merits the clapback. I've had so many people on Twitter saying so many dumb things um, that it's time that they get clapped back. It's time that they get called out. So we're doing it. All right. So how are back by popular demand? I might add it has to be because I'm I'm ready for just some fire and salt. So Julie, first we're going to start with blaming Biden's drop in polling. You tweeted. Here's the deal. This is what I said. Here's the deal. Trump is a candidate for president. Biden is a candidate for president. A federal candidate may not solicit anything of value, including opposition research from a foreign national. That is a crime of full stop. And I said, as for those that saying that Trump was just investigating corruption, please provide another instance when he cared about foreign corruption, just one. I mean, it is indisputable that Russia is A, corrupt, B, interfered in our elections. Crickets from the president. And then a Twitter user responded, Trump is the chief executive acting in that role. Biden is a candidate. Well, uh, Scott Mack, 1955, you may be surprised to hear that one can be both chief executive and a candidate at the same time, which is why Trump is running for re-election, not as the chief executive but as the candidate. And as a candidate, and he is a declared candidate because he's already launched his campaign, he is not allowed to solicit anything for his campaign of value from a foreign national. That's what gets you in trouble. I can't, as a candidate, for example, and neither can he, sit there and say to, oh, I don't know, the Botswanans, give me a hundred bucks to my campaign account. I can't because foreigners are not allowed to donate to our accounts, to our campaigns. That's the law. And what he's asking for is essentially an in-kind contribution. It is something of value that he's asking to be donated to Trump 2020, whatever the name of his campaign account is. Opposition research is a thing of value. You cannot solicit it from a foreigner. You can't do it as a sitting president running for re-election. You can't do it as a candidate running for election. Can't do it. Joe Biden can't do it. It is not possible to do. Um, well, many of the respondents asked, why did Hillary do it? Well, I don't know. What you I don't even that? know what they're talking about. I, I, if they're talking about the fact that uh, this British guy worked on this, this steel dossier and, and steel was uh, from Britain, uh, he got paid for it. And not directly. He got paid for it for a company that subcontracted out to him. Uh, he didn't provide something of value for free. He didn't provide a campaign contribution. Uh, he worked for a company that allegedly paid him to provide this dossier, and then it found its way to Hillary Clinton. But that's not an in-kind contribution or a direct contribution. If that's what they're talking about, I don't really know, because the Hillary thing has taken on so many weird conspiracy theories that I'm not quite clear about what what did Hillary do? I mean, why did Hillary go to Mars? I don't know. I mean, I don't know what what these people are even talking about. I think this is what they're saying. If that's what they're saying, you're wrong. I mean, this is not even a, this is like there's no shades of gray here. This is truly the law. You cannot accept something of value from a foreigner for your campaign. You cannot. And uh, on the corruption matter, give me a break. Who's more corrupt than President Erdogan of Turkey? Look what Trump is doing for him. Who's more corrupt than Vladimir Putin? I mean, the guy literally is uh, the richest man in the world, apparently, is Vladimir Putin because he's so corrupt. Look what Trump is doing for him. It just so happens that the only corruption, quote-unquote, that Trump is investigating 
is in Ukraine, which A, is completely benefiting Putin because Putin hates the Ukrainians and wants to annex their country to restore the glory of the Soviet Union. And B, it's because clearly, in the president's warped mind, he thinks that Joe Biden somehow decided to get rid of a corrupt prosecutor that the rest of the world wanted to get rid of in Ukraine to protect his son. Um, it makes no sense. But, but there's, I mean, to say that Donald Trump, who is himself corrupt, wants to investigate corruption in Ukraine because he's such a corruption crusader, it's just absurd. I mean, give me one, just one, one example of where he's doing this other than Ukraine. Just one of, of corrupt regimes. You can't because he doesn't care about corruption. So let's move on, Scott. All right, Mac, well, 1955. The next one that uh, Julie, you, uh, you you quoted a Trump tweet that said, "I would love to send Ambassador Sondland, a really good man and great American, to testify, but unfortunately, he would be testifying before a totally compromised kangaroo court where Republicans' rights have been taken away and true facts are not allowed out for the public." To see, importantly, Ambassador Sondland's tweet, which few reports stated, quote, I believe you are incorrect about President Trump's intentions. The president has been crystal clear. No quid pro quo of any kind. That says it all. Well, what I responded to that, and I'll have a lot more to say on that, is I said, next time a witness is subpoenaed before a grand jury, he or she should call it a kangaroo court since his or, his, his or her attorney can't even be present and refuse to appear. Pretty certain that would go over well with the court. So listen... It's a couple of things here. One is uh, people misunderstand what impeachment is. It's like Lindsey Graham, who, by the way, knows better because Lindsey Graham, if you recall, Emily, I don't know if you were alive. You were alive back then. Um, was the prosecutor, one of the House prosecutors um, prosecuting the impeachment case in the Senate against Bill Clinton to try to get Bill Clinton removed um, as president. And so Lindsey Graham knows this, but Lindsey Graham said something like, you know, he'll never be impeached by the Senate. Yeah, because the Senate doesn't impeach. The Senate tries. So think of it this way. Impeachment is a grand jury. And this happens before every grand jury. The prosecutors do their due diligence. They present evidence to a grand jury. The defense does not have an opportunity to even be before the grand jury or in the room when somebody testifies. And then, assuming that the grand jury returns a bill of indictment. The indicted party goes to trial. In that trial, that person is entitled to a very vigorous defense, which is exactly what happened during the Clinton trial in the Senate back in the 90s. And so for anybody to say that, well, they're not allowed to produce a defense, this is not the venue for it. If I, look, Emily, if you were a witness before a grand jury, your defense lawyer would not be able to even come in with you to the grand jury. They don't. The prosecution gets to cross-examine you, gets to do whatever they want with you. Your defense counsel isn't even allowed in there um, because the venue for you to defend yourself if you get indicted after you testify in front of a grand jury or you choose maybe not to testify, other witnesses testify against you in a grand jury, is your defense gets to present its defense in a trial. They get access to a grand jury um, documents, they get access to testimony before a grand jury, but they don't get to present evidence on your behalf in a grand jury. The same way in an impeachment, the House acts as the grand jury, and should they choose to impeach, it is akin to getting indicted, and then it goes to the Senate. Should they choose not to impeach, it's akin to not getting indicted, and therefore there's no trial in the Senate. So that's one. I mean, this I, is like law 101. The other thing that I want to, uh, uh, you know, 
point out too is, is where Trump said the president has been crystal clear, no quid pro quo of any kind. Read the, <laughs> read, the <laughs> read the tape. I mean, listen to the tape. Listen to the listen to what he said uh, to the president of Ukraine. The president of Ukraine is saying, listen, we really want these um, Tomahawk missiles. We really need to defend ourselves. And he's saying, and the president immediately says, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, there's one thing, though. Or I need a favor from you, though. Whatever it is. He basically says, point blank, you want A in exchange for A. I want B. I mean, uh, short of using the word quid pro quo, which I'm not sure the president knew, and, know the knew the meaning of no. until this week or last week, I don't know how much more of a quid pro quo you could have. And anybody, I don't care how many times Sean Hannity looks in the camera and says there's no quid pro quo. I don't care how many times the president tweets it out or Lindsey Graham says it. It's a completely obvious quid pro quo. Hey, Emily, I need you to lend me a hundred bucks. Okay, Julie, I'll give you a hundred bucks. But here's what I need though. Okay, that's a quid pro quo. The though is the quid pro quo. What do you need? Okay, Julie, I need you to, you know, give me your shoes in exchange for the hundred bucks. Okay, that's called a quid pro quo. There you go. I just, um, some of the people's responses to that, you've pretty much cleared them up, but I just think the listener should hear some of the stuff you have to put up with. One of the responses was, hey, Mrs. Putin, name any court in the land or judge who would not allow a defendant to put on a defense. Schiff and Democrats are not allowing Trump to defend himself. No Republicans can call or release testify from Volcker only what shifty leaks go back to Russia. Okay, Darlene Sivak Kerning. Um, <laughs> I guess I could go back to Russia. I don't think the Russians really want me there um, since all I do is talk about how corrupt they are. And since you are obviously enabling their corruption by right. allowing Trump to do what he's doing to prevent the poor Ukrainians from defending themselves. Um, but let's just talk about this. Again, Darlene Sivak Kerning, I, I did clear this up, but you, you sound a little dense. So let me clear it up for you a little bit more. Um, you do you get to put on a defense. It's called the trial, which will take place in the Senate if there is an impeachment. Right. And if you don't understand how that works, why don't you rewind this podcast about five minutes and then I, 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 I listened to it again and I explained it. Yeah. You, the, the ignorance is just incredible well, before someone's going to write it. it you know why? Or they're just regurgitating they're just sound re- They're just regurgitating what they're hearing and that's right. what Trump is counting on. He's counting right. on people not to actually know what they're talking about. That's true. Um, so, you know, that's how this whole operation works. All right. The next one, Julie, is about the withdrawal from Syria. Um, you were pretty fire on this one. Yes. I said prominent Republicans, <coughs> Lindsey Graham, are speaking out in opposition to Trump's decision to withdraw from Syria. If only they cared as much about his weaponizing American foreign policy and our diplomatic corps to gain an advantage in the 2020 election. Hashtag crickets. Um, and I said, lest anyone is confused about Trump's Syria decision and how it ties together, one, who benefits from the belief that Ukraine interfered in the 2016 election? Two, who benefits from Trump's decision to withhold military aid from Ukraine? Three, who benefits from U.S. withdrawal in Syria? Um, I'm, spoiler alert, P-U-T-I-N, Putin and Syria, Erdogan, who leads a country where the Trump organization is invested. And in fact, Trump himself said, um, that he had a conflict of interest on Syria because they're doing such fantastic things with the Trump organization. Um, I think there was a Trump Istanbul tower, some sort of thing that they were working on, and Ivanka tweeted that as well. Um, so a, a bunch of dopes decided they were going to chime in, and what did they say, Emily? Do all Democrats beat bitch when, it go, when we go to war? Now doing 
the same because we want to pull our men and women home. All right. Face palm. All right, face palm. Listen, there's a thousand soldiers stationed here. It's not exactly an army um, of the kind we sent to Iraq or Afghanistan. But what those soldiers did without having to fire a shot is make it clear to the Turks that they could not, our Turks are quote unquote allies, that they could not engage in a genocide against the Kurds, who, by the way, have been subjected to genocidal behavior not just by the Turks, but I mean, the Kurds are like this poor oppressed minority. Everybody's out to get them. What we have essentially done by pulling troops out of, uh, out of the region is made it clear to President Erdogan of Turkey that he has a green light to go and get the Turks, uh, the Kurds, excuse me. He's been trying to do this, not just him, I mean, his predecessors. The Turks have been awful to the Kurds. And... The Kurds have done nothing but be strong allies of this nation. In Iraq, by the way, you know, in the first Gulf War, the Kurds were very helpful to us. We obviously didn't go into um, Iraq in the first Gulf War. And you know what happened after we didn't go into Iraq? And I'm not advocating that we should have. But what happened was that Saddam Hussein massacred the Kurds. I mean, completely launched a genocide against the Kurds um, after the first Gulf War. They've been very helpful to us in the second Gulf War. They've been very helpful to us in Syria. They have been guarding ISIS soldiers for us. They have essentially been our partners in in defeating ISIS or trying to defeat ISIS. And now they're about to be exterminated. What message does this send to our allies? It sends, uh, well, you know, it sends the message to our allies that Donald Trump doesn't have anybody's back if there are business interests of his in Istanbul um, that he's trying to accomplish. But it should also send a message to Republicans that he doesn't have your backs either. This is not a man you can take to the bank. And the reason Republicans are doing what they're doing is because they're operating from fear that the base is going to turn on them if they turn on Trump. But if you saw the Fox News poll uh, this week, another polling, a majority of Americans and a growing number of Republicans actually support impeachment and removal of the president. And Republicans better take stock of that because there's going to come a time when the person that's going to harm them is not Donald Trump in a primary, but the person that's going to harm them is the voter in their state who's come around to the notion that they are enabling a completely corrupt, immoral despot, I mean, which is what he's turned into. There's only one reason why he's doing this to the Kurds, and it's to curry favor with Erdogan. Why is he currying favor with Erdogan? Well, in his own words, because he's got a little bit of a conflict of interest because the Trump organization is invested in Istanbul. So the fact that Republicans don't understand that they're next it's that old line, you know, they talked about, you know, first they came, this is for, during Nazi Germany, you know, first they came for the Jews and I didn't speak up, then they came for the priests and I didn't speak up, then they came for the gays and I didn't speak up, and, you know, uh, I'm paraphrasing here, and no, finally they came for me and there was nobody left to speak up for me. It's going to happen to you, Republicans. It's going to happen to you if he's doing this to our allies. And by the way, making the situation with ISIS a lot more dangerous, they're coming back. If you think that they've been conquered or beaten, it's because it was suddenly in the Fox News narrative, very convenient, that suddenly Donald Trump came in and they stopped talking about ISIS and they stopped talking about what was happening with ISIS. But the reality is ISIS, much like Al-Qaeda, is not some army that you can beat. They're sitting there waiting. 
and they're sitting there waiting the same way the Taliban sat there and waited until we pulled out, and they're going to be resurgent because they know one thing. We're going to go one day, and they're still going to be there. And, you know, I'm not suggesting we put a military force, a serious military force into Syria because that's not going to happen, and it shouldn't happen. But why you will pull out a 1,000 people whose entire mission was to work, to, to work with us on detaining ISIS and to work with us to ensure that the Kurds were not, to work with the Kurds to ensure that we were not going to allow a genocide of the Kurds, our allies, by the Turks. It's happening. It's already happened. And Lindsey Graham, by the way, who's sitting there, you know, beating his fist and pounding and being all pissed off and saying, you know, this is a travesty, this is a tragedy, this can't happen, you know, message to the Turks, message to Erdogan, you better not invade, you better not go after the Kurds. Well, guess what? He did. And the reason he did is because he knows there's no penalty from Donald Trump for it. And the reason Donald Trump knows there's no penalty, Lindsey Graham, is because you have no problem whatsoever outsourcing our foreign policy, whether here with the Kurds or in Ukraine, for Donald Trump's personal interests, either campaign-related or financial. And until Lindsey Graham says, enough is enough, I'm not going to do it, guess what's going to happen? <laughs> guess what's going to happen? He's going to keep doing it. So, you know, sorry, Lindsey Graham. Once again, you get my salty award of the week for being a complete and utter moral repugnant failure. <laughs> A woman to that. Yes. Um, someone responded, and I believed you, all of your answer answered this. I still haven't seen the evidence of where he is weaponizing American foreign policy, all the things you just said. Um, oh. unsub- unsubstantiated rhetoric. Well, is he, not said him, he said himself he's got a, con- I mean, literally, it's not unsubstantiated unless you think he's a liar. He said he has a conflict of interest when it comes to Turkey because he's doing business, the Trump organization is doing business in Istanbul. Ivanka said the same, right? I think that's the definition of it that That's this a, guy completely missed. Yeah, so yeah. it's not unsubstantiated unless you don't believe that Donald Trump is trying to, in his own words, invest in Istanbul and invest in building a Trump Tower Istanbul. A. B, if you don't think that he's weaponizing our foreign policy in Ukraine to go after Joe Biden, what do you think he's doing? Unless you can provide for me some evidence of the fact that he is so concerned about corruption that he's talking to Erdogan in Turkey about how corrupt his government is, and it's very corrupt. How he's talking to Vladimir Putin in Russia about how corrupt his government is, because it's very corrupt. Unless you think he's brought up corruption in, oh, I don't know, North Korea and his several conversations with Kim Jong-un. I mean, is this somebody who's ever brought up corruption anywhere else or only where it benefits him? The answer to that is, of course, only where it benefits him. Uh, by all means, if you have some evidence of his being at some corruption crusader, you let me know. I'm happy to hear it. But I haven't seen it. And then just the last uh, retort that I wanted to bring to your attention was the perfect grammatical error. Too early for the silly sauce lady. Um, the wrong two. Yeah, the wrong two, by the way. Two is spelled two T-O-O, unless you're talking about the number two, which is T-W-O. This guy said too early, like I'm going to be early um everything you say after a grammatical error doesn't count yeah you know what it's completely negated uh, he did put the comma between sauce and lady though so i, I, I appreciate that <laughs> it was, was a direct good, address right that, that you, was yeah that was good um uh, i'm not sure what the silly sauce is but you know it's never the truth too, maybe it's the like, truth never never too early for the truth there uh bluska <laughs> so those are our clapbacks for this week. Do you have anything to add about what you're salty about? Well, I'm salty about, if I've alluded to this, I'm salty about Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham, stop with the hysteria. 
Same with, and by the way, Marco Rubio too. Marco Rubio, this is, you know, if, if Trump is doing this, if Trump is doing it, he announced the policy that he's doing it, and Marco Rubio 24 hours later, or 12 hours later is tweeting out, if, if this is true about what Trump is doing in Syria, yeah, he announced the policy, brain surgeon. You guys, listen, they're not going to take you seriously in the White House if you enable him on the one thing he cares about, which is impeachment. If you believe that his policies are wrong, then stop enabling him. Because right now, you look like a bunch of babies, and he knows it. His attitude is, uh, Lindsey Graham could go ahead and stomp his feet all he wants. So can Marco Rubio. So can Ben Sass. So could all these people furrowing their brows. Uh, they're not going to do anything to harm him. They're not going to do anything to really stand up to him. You know that they privately believe that what he did in Ukraine is disgraceful. Of course they do. But until they start speaking up about it, or speaking out about his conflicts when it comes to Turkey, he's going to get away with this stuff. And again, I, I said this before, he's coming for you. He already basically is coming for you. Look, you're his allies. You guys have been his lapdogs. Lindsey Graham has been his number one lapdog in the Senate. He just came for Lindsey Graham's top foreign policy. Lindsey Graham was a massive hawk. That is what Lindsey Graham cares about. He tremendously cares about his hawk credentials. Guess what Donald Trump just did? He just stuck it to Lindsey Graham in ways that hurt Lindsey Graham more than any other. And the one thing that Lindsey Graham truly cares about, aside from keeping his Senate seat in 2020, which is why he's also kissing Trump's butt. Um, so guess what, Lindsey Graham? He's coming for you. By the way, uh, how much do you want to bet that the minute that Lindsey Graham gets reelected in 2020, if he does, he's going to turn on Trump? I think we should have a drink bet on that. I, oh, yeah. Do you give it how long? Oh, I give it, I don't know. A week? I, I give it a week. I All give right. it a week. You know what? I'll, I'll be conservative. I give it a month. Okay, I say within the month, less than a month. I say, okay, I say election night. Okay. <laughs> I say when, when do the polls close in South Carolina? 8 p.m.? I say 8.05, but yeah, I, okay. You say less than a month, I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt, and I'll say a month to six weeks, although I think you're probably right. But we'll have a drink bet on that. All right, so I'm pretty much salty about everything that you talked about, uh, Donald Trump's Syria decision, what it means for what he's telling our Kurdish allies, the ones who helped us beat ISIS beat ISIS. Um, he's t what it, the message for me that he's sending, which you've alluded to, you can't count on the US, you're expendable, and it's okay if Turkey slaughters you. I think Trump is washing his hands of it, and I believe the national security community is flipping a shit. Um, just putting our allies at risk, undermining our credibility, and really just showing that we must have a withdrawal that keeps our allies safe, and this is not. And you know, the one thing I forgot to mention, which was like incredibly absurd, is how Trump went after uh, the Kurds for not defending us during the Normandy invasion. Do you think he knows what a Kurd is? I mean, um, what? Right. What? I, I mean, wh what? <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just in Normandy. It's nowhere close to what uh, an independent Kurdistan should be, but it is... <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Does he understand that the war was fought um, no. in many different places? Nope. Like there was an African theater. Nope. There was a European theater. There was an what? Asian theater. Um, uh, the war was pretty much fought on, that's why it's called a world war, Donald Trump, and lots of different continents. It even came here to North America. I mean, what? 
I know. Like <laughs> the cur- shake your head. <laughs> <We're> <laughs> the cur- I'm trying to think of what raft the Kurds were supposed to get on um, to sail, I guess. I'm trying to think. The Kurds were going to make their way to the Mediterranean. So they're supposed to make their way through Turkey, um, through the Bosphorus, I guess, and, and then march west all through Europe to get to... Um, to get to uh, Normandy, or alternatively, I guess we're supposed to get on a raft in Syria and, and sail up the Mediterranean, um, only to land in the, near the British Channel so that they can cross back over into France. I mean, I think Got they it. were going to go around all of Africa and then back up. Yeah, okay. You know? <laughs> all right. Well, somebody needs to send Donald Trump a book about World War II because it's obvious he doesn't know anything about that either. All right. On that note, on that very saucy note, have a wonderful weekend, everybody. See you next week.